everything wrong with Rocco's claims about an engineered pandemic. By EZ97. Heading. Premises. Here I tackle some bold claims made by Rocco in three separate posts about SARS-CoV-2 being an engineered virus. Brute force manufactured consensus is hiding the crime of the century, the math of suspicious coincidences, and a back-of-the-envelope calculation on how unlikely the circumstantial evidence around COVID-19 is. A first rebuttal to Rocco's post is already out, and since I have been preparing this post for some time, certain arguments are going to be similar. The purpose of this post is not to incontrovertibly demonstrate that SARS-CoV-2 was of zoonotic origin, as I myself believe a laboratory leak to be somewhat plausible, but rather that the degree of Rocco's confidence in the engineered pandemic belief is terribly overstated in light of the presented evidence. I believe that the root claim debate is a great way to familiarize oneself with core arguments from all sides. It is exceedingly comprehensive and up-to-date. I also found Wikipedia articles on the lab leak hypothesis and adjacent topics to be pretty informative. I definitely drew inspiration from many comments to the main post. If you recognize a comment in this post please let me know and I will link it. Heading. A set of explainable coincidences. Rocco asserts that there the odds of zoonotic spillover are 1 in 80 million. Quote. What are the chances that the bat coronavirus, which caused a once-in-a-century pandemic managed to navigate its way all the way from a Yunnan cave, and home in on the city with the lab having the top Google hits for, coronavirus China, and also the location of China's first BSL, for lab, well, that would be approximately 1 in 200, since that is the fraction of China's population in Wuhan. End quote. Subheading. 1 in a century, pandemic. That 1 in 200 figure is restated here as. Quote. Coincidence of location. Wuhan is a particularly special place in China for studying COVID-19. The WIV group was both the most important, most highly cited group before 2020 and the only group that was doing GOF on bat coronaviruses as far as I know. Wuhan is about 0.5% of China's population. It's a suspicious coincidence that a viral pandemic would occur in the same city as the most prominent group that studies it. End quote. First of all, a global pandemic is much more likely to start in a large city with high internal and external traffic, most of which are bound to have research centers for virology research especially if one is referring to a fast-growing megacity of 11 million inhabitants. Secondly, a zoonotic spillover requires frequent and direct human-animal contact, and wet markets are strong candidates for this. The cities with highest presence of wet markets with live animals per capita are located in large Chinese cities in the center-south. See the section, From Yunnan to Wuhan, for more on this. Rocco writes that, Italic added. Quote. Coincidence of timing. Several things happened that presaged the emergence of COVID-19. In December 2017, the US government lifted a ban on risky pathogen research, and in mid-2018 the EcoHealth Group started planning how to make COVID in the diffuse proposal. A natural spillover event could have happened at any time over either the last, say, 40 years or, probably, the next 40 years, though likely not much before that due to changing patterns of movement, I need help on exactly how wide this time interval is. End quote. As explained throughout this post, global pandemics require a specific set of simultaneous circumstances, that is why most natural spillovers end up not being pandemics. Because it is a rare combination of factors. 
In China alone, natural spillovers of various kind take place quite literally all the time, which should lead to a much higher prior probability of zoonosis. A five-minute web search led me to find these. November 2019, Pneumonic Plague in China. 2016, Peter Daszak, on why southern China is a hotbed for disease development. 2014 to 2017, 616 norovirus outbreaks reported in China. April 2013, H7N9 avian flu in Shanghai. In constructing a comprehensive catalogue of epidemics in China between 243 BCE and 1911 CE, Morabia, 2009, reports that, Bold added. Quote. Outbreaks were quasi-decennial in the 6th century. During the 16th century there was an outbreak every couple of years. The same held true during the 19th century, but outbreaks were simultaneous and occurring in more locations. There is a striking parallel between the evolution of population size, and that of epidemic frequency and density. The burden of epidemic diseases seems to have grown at the same rate as the population enumeration throughout the Chinese empire. End quote. The number of outbreaks is also likely to be severely understated because of data collection and source availability. Furthermore, since 1911, the population of China 1. has roughly quintupled. 2. The percentage of urban population increased at least sixfold, from less than 10% to greater than 60%. 3. is several times more densely populated. 4. internal mobility is increased by arguably orders of magnitude since 1911 making any outbreak in an urban area all the more dangerous and frequent. I recommend playing around with the data yourself using this interactive map, which tracks disease outbreaks and allows to change time frame, type of disease, and location. The disease outbreak frequency in China over the past two decades seems to be in the hundreds a year, broadly consistent with historical demographic trends. One should also take into account the fact that pandemic preparedness in China has greatly improved since 1911. I personally cannot tell the extent to which this mitigates the above-mentioned factors. Subheading. The bat coronavirus. As explained in Corman, 2018, apart from the coronavirus which caused the pandemic. Quote. Six different COVS had been identified in humans. The earliest reports of endemic human CoV, HCoV, date back to the 1960s, when HCoV, OC43 and Dash 229E were described, Homer and Prochno, 1966. McIntosh et al., 1967. HCoV, NL63 and HKU1 were discovered only in 2004 and 2005, respectively, Van der Hoek et al., 2004. Wu et al., 2005. In addition to these, four endemic COVs, two epidemic COVs have emerged in humans in the last two decades, severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, COV and the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS, COV discovered in 2003 and 2012, respectively, Drossen et al., 2003, Zaki et al., 2012. End quote. It was already a well-established fact that, also due to the high genetic recombination rate, a natural coronavirus spillover was just a matter of when rather than if. Subheading. The BSL, for lab. The presence of a BSL, for lab adds nothing to the Wuhan coincidence, since SARS-related research was not being conducted at that higher level anyway. As in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence's report on the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote. 
As of January 2019, WIV researchers performed SARS-like coronavirus experiments in BSL-2 laboratories. Despite acknowledgments going back to 2017 of these virus ability to directly infect humans through their spike protein, and early 2019 warnings of the danger of this practice. Separately, the WIDS plan to conduct analysis of potential epidemic viruses from pangolin samples in fall 2019, suggests the researchers sought to isolate live viruses. End quote. Subheading. From Yunnan to Wuhan. Yunnan is already the most likely place of origin of the 2003 SARS epidemic that was first detected in Guangdong, more than a thousand miles from Yunnan. Coronaviruses similar to the one that caused the pandemic were also found in Laos, Cambodia, and Japan. Finally, naive as the crowfly's distance is the wrong unit of measurement, what matters is the link between areas. If two cities or regions experience a lot of mutual traffic they are in many senses closer than two that do not regardless of physical distance. Pre-pandemic research had already highlighted the risks posed by live animal markets and animal trade to zoonotic spillovers. In this study conducted between 2015 and 2017 in rural Yunnan, Guangxi, and Guangdong, 0.6% of participants tested positive for bat coronaviruses. I could not find data for the number of wet markets in Wuhan, there are also problems with defining a wet market, since not all have live animals but circumstantial evidence seems to show a higher prevalence of wet markets in the centre-southeast rather than in the northeast. Wuhan is the most populous city in central China, and is the centre of a metropolitan cluster of eight neighbouring cities with more than 30 million people, all within less than 2h commuting distance to Wuhan, with its population having expanded at a rate of 2-3% per year for decades, and especially since it became an important logistics hub. Wuhan being home of a virology institute is also an overall unremarkable coincidence. Most China's large cities have important research institute that carried out experiments that concerned coronaviruses, such as Hong Kong and Beijing. Back in 2014, Edward Holmes was accompanied by WIV researchers to the Huanan wet market, yes, that market, as it was considered a potential hotbed for virus outbreaks. Heading. Probabilities and confounding factors. Quote. So coronavirus gain of function from a lab could only have occurred after say 2010, and was most likely after 2017 when it had the combination of technology and funding. This is a period of about two years out of the entire 1920-2020 100-year window. Now, we could probably discount that 100-year window down to say an equivalent of 40 years as people have become more mobile and more numerous in China over the past 100 years, on average. End quote. Over the past 40 or so years, the probability of a global pandemic starting in China has increased incalculably due to ecological and demographic factors. See sections above, and gain-of-function research arguably exists because there is a higher prior belief of a pandemic starting from a given pathogen. If everyone believed coronaviruses to be harmless and non-communicable to or between humans, there would be little incentive to fund coronavirus-related gain-of-function research. Quote. One final way to look at this is imagine a time traveler appears to you in the 2000s, and tells you that a massive global pandemic caused by a bat coronavirus happens at some point before 2020. If that pandemic is a natural spillover you shouldn't be able to use Google results from 2019, and Google Scholar results from 2019 to predict where and when it will occur by googling the type of virus and the host. End quote. This counterfactual only stands assuming that scientific research acts randomly and does not look at past history, 
such as a natural spillover that has happened countless times in world and Chinese history, and caught researchers' attention at least since the SARS outbreak in 2002. Natural spillovers are stochastic, but they are not all equal, and fortunately for us scientific research is not completely blind to what appear to be the most pressing questions. Hence the focus on coronaviruses, given that there had already been increasingly frequently outbreaks and close calls that warranted research in that direction. Rocco however soldiers on, noting that, Bold added. Quote. Specific features of COVID-19 are a close match for what was planned in the diffuse proposal. This gets a lot more technical, but you can imagine a world in which labs randomly generate G.O.F. proposals like diffuse and nature randomly generates viruses via natural evolution. Even in cases where you get a location coincidence as in, 1, the average G.O.F. proposal might not match a randomly paired up natural virus as well as COVID-19 matches diffuse. This is very hard for me to assess, but U.S. right to know has a summary. End quote. At the cost of sounding pedantic, labs do not randomly generate gain-of-function research, they track the most potentially dangerous pathogens. I insist. It is not a memoryless process independent of nature zoonotic events. The only thing that the existence of the diffuse program definitely shows is that some experts were setting out to work on one of the many strands of SARS that scientific consensus at that time considered might have led to a pandemic. And they were proved right. It seems obvious that, given the extensive pre-pandemic literature on the possibility SARS zoonosis, gain-of-function research would focus on the most contagious coronavirus mutations, therefore the similarities between diffuse and SARS-CoV-2 are at least partly explained by this factor alone. Rocco further adds that. Quote. Edit. Another thing I thought of is that independently of time, location, and prior warnings, the mere fact that COVID-19 was so wildly successful as a disease is evidence of a lab leak of a GOF virus, since GOF viruses are deliberately made to be more harmful and more transmissible. But it may be a bit hard to quantify this. I think there's probably a factor of 10 for LL here though. End quote. A global pandemic pretty much by definition requires specific, rare mutations, since if these were not rare we would not have only one global pandemic a century. Under this framework, any successful pandemic is, simply by existing, evidence of a laboratory leak. On top of all this, to the best of current knowledge no experiments such as those allegedly proposed in the diffuse program were actually conducted in Wuhan or elsewhere. It is worth here to again quote the Office of the Director of National Intelligence's report on the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic disclosed in June 2023. Quote. We assess that some scientists at the WIV have genetically engineered coronaviruses using common laboratory practices. The IC has no information, however, indicating that any WIV genetic engineering work has involved SARS-CoV-2, a close progenitor, or a backbone virus that is closely related enough to have been the source of the pandemic. End quote. Heading. Questionable use of sources. Subheading. Misrepresentation of evidence. Warabi being cited as part of the brute force manufactured consensus is at least bizarre, since in May 2021 he had co-signed a letter calling for more thorough investigations into the lab leak theory against the WHO report. This is also plainly stated in the NYT article that Rocco cites and it would have been useful contextual information for the reader. Rocco's only genuine attempt at engaging with the scientific literature consists in a refutation of Warabi's study that is so plain vanilla to be applicable to almost any paper ever written. Quote. 
There are two problems with this. One, it's still an unlikely coincidence that a natural spillover event would just happen to occur right on the doorstep on WIV, and right at the point in time when the DASAC EcoHealth Group was working on making a humanized coronavirus. Second, these papers have various fatal flaws, such as drawing heat maps based on biased sampling. Essentially they went and looked for COVID-19 RNA around the raccoon dogs and they found it. But they didn't look as much elsewhere, obviously if you look more in one place, you'll find more in that place. But these downgrades to the credibility of the Warobi paper have not been widely reported on. End quote. The first problem is not actually one, it is simply restating the refrain of Rocco's post, which can be summarized in, what are the odds, while dismissing actual object-level research in answering such question. The second is a vague reference to these papers, the two mentioned, and to biased sampling. Such persistently hand-wavy approach does not hold up to scrutiny. By reading the two papers mentioned in the NYT article it does not seem that they even suffer from such fatal flaws, although the second one is too technical for my expertise. Rocco fails to mention that the sudden focus on the Huanan market was not driven by it just being a place as any other and even misrepresents the article's claim as RNA around raccoon dogs as if live animals, not just raccoons, were chosen at random and looked really hard into to find traces of coronavirus at all costs. The truth is quite different, Bold added. Quote. Of the initial 41 people hospitalized with pneumonia by the 2nd of January, 2020 and later confirmed to be infected with a novel coronavirus, severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2, SARS-CoV-2, 27, 66%, were epidemiologically linked to the Huanan wholesale seafood market, hereafter, Huanan market, in the Jianghan district of central Wuhan, 2, 5, 6. Importantly, initial diagnoses of pneumonia cases of unknown etiology in Wuhan hospitals between the 18th and the 29th of December. 2019 were free from ascertainment bias, as they were made based on signs and symptoms before the Huanan market was identified as the shared risk factor, for the preponderance of unexplained pneumonia cases, 5. Indeed, it was the clinicians and administrators at the Hubei Provincial Hospital of Integrated Chinese and Western Medicine who noticed that, 4, of the first 7 cases they diagnosed worked at the market, 5, 7. End quote. And. Quote. We demonstrate that December 2019 COVID-19 cases were geographically distributed unexpectedly near to, and centered on, the Huanan market, irrespective of whether or not they worked at, had visited, or were knowingly linked to someone who had visited this market in late 2019. Furthermore, of those cases epidemiologically linked to the market, the overwhelming majority were specifically linked to the western section of the Huanan market, where most of the live mammal vendors were located. Validating this spatial link between live animals and human COVID-19 cases, we show that positive environmental samples distinctly associated with animals clustered within a small area of the Huanan market where live mammal sales were most concentrated. We report that vendors at the Huanan market sold SARS-CoV-2 susceptible live mammals, including Asian raccoon dogs, Nycteroots procyanoides. Hereafter, raccoon dogs, hog badgers, Arctonyx albogularis, and red foxes, vulps vulps, in November and December 2019. End quote. Such persistently hand-wavy approach does not hold up to scrutiny. By reading the two papers mentioned in the NYT article it does not seem that they even suffer from such fatal flaws. The second one is too technical for my expertise. I leave two additional quotes from the first article, bold added, for your perusal. Quote. 
multiple lines of evidence establish the Huanan seafood wholesale market in Wuhan as the site where the COVID-19 pandemic originated in late 2019. 1. SARS-CoV-susceptible animals, including raccoon dogs, were sold at the market in November and December 2019. 2. Vendors known to have sold raccoon dogs in earlier years, and known to have sold illegal live mammals in late 2019, yielded a large number of SARS-CoV-2 positive environmental samples, including several objects clearly associated with animals. 3. Positive environmental samples in the market were concentrated in the southwest corner of the western section of the market, the same area where most live mammals were traded. 4. Most cases among vendors within the market occurred in the western section where live mammals were sold. 5. A large proportion of the earliest known cases were identifiable as individuals who worked at, visited, or were linked to somebody who visited the market. 5. 6. This epidemiological link to the Huanan market is genuine and not due to ascertainment bias caused by special focus on the market as a possible site of cases, 5, 7, lineage A, and not just lineage B, viruses were circulating near to and centered on the Huanan market in the early stages of the outbreak, suggesting multiple spillovers may have occurred at the market, 8, the spatial pattern of cases in December being so close to and centered on the Huanan market cannot be explained as a rising by, chance given population density patterns in Wuhan, 9. This pattern holds when considering only cases that had no history of exposure at Huanan market, demonstrating that community transmission began in the direct vicinity of the market, X. Only by January and February 2020 did the spatial pattern of cases reflect that of the population density patterns, in Wuhan precluding an earlier period of general transmission. And, 11, in a city of 11 million people there are thousands of sites, office buildings, factories, places of worship, universities, bars, restaurants, schools, etc., that would be at least as likely to be the site of the initial cluster of a respiratory disease as the western section of the Huanan market, which measures only about 150m by 70m, see fig. S16, if the pandemic had not involved the trade in live mammals. End quote. And. Quote. Given lack of detail, we also do not know the specific scheme employed for the environmental sampling at the Huanan market and it is possible that biases may exist. Further details on exact sampling mechanisms would be required to fully resolve such issues, but we note that our results are robust to significant sampling biases, and these results should also be considered in the larger context of the strong association of early cases with the Huanan market. End quote. Rocco does not refute this nor reconciles the WIV lab leak with the market spreader event. In the edit, Rocco's post contains a particularly damning Quote from a 2015 article in Nature that omits in my view a pretty crucial part, shown in double parentheses, non-italic, bold added. Quote. In an article published in Nature Medicine 1 on 9 November, scientists, Jinglalisha from Wuhan Institute of Virology and Ralph S. Barrick who is on diffuse, investigated a virus called SHC-014, which is found in horseshoe bats in China. The researchers created a Shimerek virus made up of a surface protein of SHC-014 and the backbone of a SARS virus that had been adapted to grow in mice, and to mimic human disease. Although almost all coronaviruses isolated from bats have not been able to bind to the key human receptor, SHC-014 is not the first that can do so. In 2013, researchers reported this ability for the first time in a different coronavirus isolated from the same bat population too. 
the findings reinforce suspicions that bat coronavirus is capable of directly infecting humans, rather than first needing to evolve in an intermediate animal host, may be more common than previously thought, the researchers say. Other virologists question whether the information gleaned from the experiment justifies the potential risk. Although the extent of any risk is difficult to assess, Simon Wayne-Hobson, a virologist at the Pasteur Institute in Paris, points out that the researchers have created a novel virus that grows remarkably well in human cells. If the virus escaped, nobody could predict the trajectory. End quote. Another thing to note, the authors of the original article were not exclusively Barrichenshire but also all these researchers affiliated to US and Swiss institutions. Despite all this, the same article is used in another of Rocco's posts as proof that warnings were accurate, at point 3. Ironically, an editor's note the bottom of the article reads, quote, We are aware that this story is being used as the basis for unverified theories that the novel coronavirus causing COVID-19 was engineered. There is no evidence that this is true. Scientists believe that an animal is the most likely source of the coronavirus. End quote. Finally, Rocco's analysis brazenly and preemptively dismisses any scientific, object-level discussion of the matter. Quote. Some of the more involved arguments about enzymes and stuff are pretty neat. But they are more involved, there are more places to go wrong or make a false assumption, and more places for an adversary to mess with the evidence. End quote. Therefore, any attempt at disproving Rocco's hypothesis on scientific basis either is part of the manufactured consensus machine, as Warobi's publications, or is intrinsically biased or easily tampered with. However, in two separate occasions, Rocco refers to the Diffuse project as a recipe for COVID-19, Bold added. Quote. And the evidence keeps piling up, just this January. A Freedom of Information request surfaced a grant proposal dated 2018 with DASAC's name on it called Project Diffuse, with essentially a recipe for making COVID-19 at Wuhan Institute of Virology, including unique technical details like the furing cleavage site and the BSMBI enzyme. End quote. And. Quote. However, about 80% of these experts said that they had not heard of the Diffuse grant from 2018 that I just showed you above. You know, the one with Dasak's name on it, pictures of flappy bats and a step-by-step -step recipe for how to make COVID-19. End quote. Rocco's own main source flatly denies this being the case, and actually corroborates the idea that part of the scientific community was just keenly aware of dangers posed by plausible mutations of SARS-CoV-2, Bold added. Quote. The documents describe the SARS-related viruses to be studied in the grant as posing a clear and present danger of a new SARS-like pandemic. The documents do not prove a precise step-by-step -step instruction manual for how SARS-CoV-2 was generated in the lab. The genomes of some of the SARS-related viruses the scientists plan to work with remain unknown. But they do describe experiments that could have generated the virus rare properties. They detail the scientists' interest in working with viruses precisely like SARS-CoV-2. End quote. A further technical dive is attempted about the furin cleavage site. Quote. So not only is there a coincidence of timing and location, but also the virus has unique functional parts that occur in no other natural sarbicoviruses. End quote. This point broached often enough that there is a section on Wikipedia covering this in detail, which I find persuasive enough. Rocco does not elaborate to meaningfully dispute any of the evidence there summarized. 
As the rest, it further speaks to the idea of a global pandemic necessitating somewhat exceptional circumstances to arise, otherwise pandemics would not be so rare in the first place. Subheading. Daszak and Friends' Outsized Influence. Throughout Rocco's posts there seems to be a creeping tendency to presume that Daszak and the WIV possess godlike political clout, a cabal able to monopolize coronavirus research and wield absolute power over the world scientific community to the point where nobody can dispute coronavirus-related, scientific output that runs against the NYT orthodoxy. Arguably, this could also be done to show how unique and peculiar Wuhan is as the starting point of the COVID-19 pandemic. To prove the point, Rocco proposes the following. Quote. If we search Google Scholar for, Coronavirus China, from 2000 to 2019, the top result is the WIV group. Granted, publicity since then may have boosted the scholar rank for WIV results more than for other groups, and scholar doesn't allow you to easily see what the results would have been in 2019. But if we add the term, BAT, to the search, DASAC, EcoHealth or WIV are included in all eight of the top eight results, for example in highly cited pre-2019 papers going back as far as 2007. Then there's this paper by Daszak from 2013 on coronaviruses and the ACE2, receptor which has 413 citations from before the pandemic. Also, if we search Google limiting results to before 2019, we get various articles on WIV, EcoHealth and Daszak. There are some other groups who work on this. But the Wuhan EcoHealth group is the most prominent by a long shot. End quote. So I took the first two page results that appear here and sorted them by author affiliations. Here the breakdown. Predominantly only Hong Kong. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 1 EcoHealth Alliance. 1, 1 out of 8 authors, no WIV. Various China plus others, 2. 1, 2, mostly Beijing, 3, mostly Yunnan and Changchou Yangzhou, 4, mostly Nanjing, 5, pretty much from everywhere with WIV or 1 plus EcoHealth Alliance. 1, 2, 3, 4, minority from Minnesota, 5, some from Denver and Kingston Universities, 6, roughly even split between Wuhan and Beijing, plus Guangzhou, 7. Based on this, I am not fully persuaded that the Wuhan EcoHealth Group is the most prominent by a long shot, and I am also perplexed by what this would supposedly prove. That some researchers, mostly in China and US, were publishing papers about coronavirus before it happened? That having a lot of articles and citations gives you and your acolytes enough power to stifle world research on the topic? Further, it seems to me that if the pandemic had started elsewhere in China, especially Guangdong or Beijing, quite likely given size, wet markets, traffic, the whole exceptional coincidence model would have worked just as fine. Tweaking a bit the search terms on Google Scholar or using similar platforms would probably leave one with a different impression of which groups are most influential, or maybe just listing the top five most cited articles, changing time frame, why not include only studies from 2010 or 2015, and so on. Heading. Conclusion. I have presented evidence that anyone with high degree of confidence in the origins of the pandemic ought to be somewhat familiar with. For the most part, Rocco's posts not only fail to engage with any scientific literature on the subject, but employ an extremely naive and ultimately misleading model that does not hold up to empirical and theoretical scrutiny. Further, Rocco often misquotes and misrepresents the few expressly referenced sources. Boiled down, Rocco's main argument is an uninterrupted reiteration of 
This is simply too much of a coincidence to explain. We require not do any further technical research into it because it would be biased or complicated, except for the parts where research appears to agree with an engineered virus. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for Less Wrong. It was first published on February 22, 2024. The original text contained two footnotes which were omitted from the narration. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.